everyone, and welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this week, we're excited to bring you an interview with Skylar Schulte, who just wrapped up an incredible freshman season at Michigan State University. Skyla is the Big Ten Freshman of the Year, a second-team All-American on beam after performing as an individual at the 2022 NCAA Championships, and she holds the all-around program record at MSU. And yes, she is a freshman. You did hear that correctly. MSU is a team. They broke so many records this season, so we touch on all of that and more in our interview. Plus, we give you an update on fifth year announcements and transfers at the end so stick around but before we get into that we want to real quickly thank our gold level patreon supporters a big thank you to kathleen r amy m lucy s kevin k maya a becca s nina l dfp blake b elaine e Rydog, cookie master faith m kristen r lori s sabrina m Amy C, Eric S, Milan W, and M. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We appreciate you all so, so much. And if you're interested in becoming a Patreon, we will have a link in the show notes down below to where you can join and learn more about the perks of each tier level. As always, we appreciate all the support that we receive and y'all helped make the show what it is. So thank you. Now, without further ado, please welcome to the show, Skylar Schulte. Okay, so I guess first we'll just say congratulations on a phenomenal season. You guys absolutely killed it this year, made so much history. Is it even possible for you to, when you look back, to pick a favorite moment or memory? Um, I don't know. I think, I think my favorite memory is probably when we broke the school record the first time. I think that was a really special moment for just everyone. Like, we were like, wow, like, we said we were going to be a 197 team and we are. So I think that was really the moment we were like, wow, like we can do this. And then the second time we broke it, like we didn't even realize it at first because we were all like crying because it was the seniors last meet. But I just think that was probably one of my favorite moments. Yeah, I remember we were watching that meet and like you guys were getting all emotional and then I felt like I was getting emotional. It was just, it was a great <laughs> moment. <laughs> Going back to the start of the season and coming in as a freshman, did you have any expectations for, I guess, either yourself or just even expectations for what the team wanted to do this season? I would say the expectations for myself were probably just to do what I train and to not like overwork myself or like get overwhelmed at meets. And for the team, I just, I think I expected kind of the same from the team and just always having each other's back and just have fun together at the meet, so. And you mentioned, you know, you guys being a one nine seven team. That's something that I think MSU has only done once in history before this year, and it was a very long time ago. And you guys did it six times this year. You also broke your school record three times, if I'm not mistaken. You also broke records on every single event. And then you are the program record all around holder. So what is that like to be in your freshman year, a part of a team that has made so much history and, you know, to have it be so early in your career and to have that much of an impact? It makes me very excited to see what the future holds for this program. I'm, I'm already thinking about next season, how exciting it's and fun it's going to be because, you know, we were like, oh, we're 197, we're going to make nationals like we made one of those goals and now I think we're a 198 team and we will make nationals next year as a team yeah and I feel like you guys are a team that a lot of people 
like kind of sleep on a little bit? Like, does that motivate you to know that people aren't necessarily looking at you guys as a team that is going to go 197 or maybe even 198 or, you know, thinking of you as a team that can make it to nationals, does that motivate you to, to know that, you know, you know, the work you put in every day in the gym, to know that you guys can do it. How does that motivate you? I think it motivates us a lot as a team, just knowing that like we are the underdog going into all the meets and this season, we continuously said like all these teams are having like their best meets against us. But like that was a compliment on us because it meant that like we made them feel that they had to do their best against us, which makes us work harder for like next season to be better than what we were. So. And you made it to NCAAs this year on beam as an individual. It was the first time since 2016 that MSU had someone at nationals, but I wanted to, I guess we want to talk about that experience as a whole, but first of all, just starting with you training in the gym leading up to that, were you by yourself? Did you have some teammates in the gym with you? What was the preparation for nationals like? So I would warm up and I had Gabby, Katie, and Lauren coming into the gym with me most of the time. And a couple other times it was like Bailey and Sydney, but the team was just so supportive. Like they came into the gym with me. They helped me. They would put pressure on me to like get me ready for being at nationals by myself. And, you know, Curler was there, my beam coach. So it was definitely like weird practicing, like, cause I didn't know how to pace myself. I was just kind of like, Oh, I just did one routine, like time to do another one. I can't even like stop and breathe, but they were there to just tell me like, slow down like you're okay you have so much time like just do how you normally do it so yeah and what is it like representing your school on such a big stage at the NCAA championships but being there as an individual so you're like you know you're there and it's cool to be there but then you don't have your team with you and you probably want your team to be with you so what is that like it felt kind of weird just like not having everybody with me because it was like we're normally so loud and just like in each other's spaces all the time so it was like kind of weird rotating with a different team but it was also cool to see kind of from an outsider's perspective not really just like being there as an individual looking at the other teams being like we can make it next year like we're right there with everybody else and I think it was just so cool to experience that and take it back to the team and tell them like this is this is what we're working for like it was amazing being there as an individual but as a team I just feel like we'd be unstoppable yeah and what is it like being there for beam are you a gymnast that likes beams I know it's kind of one of those events where like you either love it or you hate it (laughs) so how do you feel about the beam beam for me I feel like I'm very calm on beam I feel like it's either you get up there and you're nervous or you get up there and like you're in your own little bubble and I feel like I've learned how to be in my bubble and just like clear everything else out like outside distractions just like be on the beam until the routine's over so you guys were the highest ranked team to not advance to nationals which is super you are, it's super heartbreaking but you guys were also so close which is really motivating mm-hmm. like you said before but I guess take me back to that moment and what the team was feeling and what kind of conversations you were having at that regional final when you found out that you had just missed out I don't think we were so much disappointed that we didn't make nationals. I think we were more upset that it would, we realized like, oh my gosh, this was the last meet with our seniors. And like, we just broke two more school records. Like there was nothing to be upset about. 
other than our seniors leaving. So I really think the team left on a high note and nobody was really upset because we were like, all right, time to go back and we'll be back next year. So. And I think you guys just through the whole season gained a lot of new fans, a lot more people paying attention to you guys. Oh, and yeah. there's so many people that even like messaging us, like they want to come to MSU meets and they want to go with us. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's what I want more people. <laughs> um, I guess if this season alone and how you guys performed, wasn't enough of a message. What message do you think that you guys are sending to people about the future of this program and what you guys can do not only next year, but just in the future? I think the main message is that Michigan State Gymnastics is a force to be reckoned with. And I really do think we bring out the best in a lot of teams. I think that we bring a lot to the table, personality-wise, skill-wise, details, dance on floor. Like, I just feel like we bring a lot to the table. So I hope that it does give other teams like a bit of a like, oh, we're going against Michigan State. Like, it's no longer like, oh, we're going against Michigan State. Like, this is an easy meet. Like, yeah, you guys are putting up a good fight and you're just as much in it as everyone else. So I think it's super great to see that growth of the program and then just you guys setting all these amazing goals and actually reaching them. I love it. I know I've been telling people, like, everyone should be scared of MSU next year. <laughs> be afraid, be very afraid. <laughs> so, I remember hearing on one of the broadcasts that your parents are MSU alums. Is that right? Yes. I imagine this has probably been a dream of yours for a while. I'm, I'm just assuming, but um, yes. what was that moment like for you when you put on that MSU leotard for the first time? It kind of felt like surreal. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like this is not just like a commitment photo that I'm putting this Leo on for. Like I'm, this is my first meet, like, I'm competing at my dream school. Like, even though our first meet was away, like, I just felt so grateful to be there. I was like, wow, this is actually happening. And I'm here. And this is like all I dreamed about. So it was very exciting. Yeah. What was the recruiting process like for you? Did you look at other schools? Were you interested in other schools? Or did you kind of know from the get-go that your heart was set at MSU? I knew right from the start, I didn't talk to any other schools. I They offered me and I almost said yes, like right on the phone. And my dad was like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Like, give it a second. And I was like, okay, like I'll call you guys back soon. And I was like, dad, like, I just want to say yes. And he was like, All right, like, I know like you want to go here and we want you to go here, but like, we want to make sure that you, like, this is the place for you. Like we can go visit other schools. Like, my parents were never like, oh, no, you're going here. Like, like, obviously, they would love for me to go here, but they were always so supportive of let's make sure until like, like, let's go visit other schools, whatever. And I was like, I really do feel like this is home. So I don't want to visit any other schools or talk to anybody else. So Michigan State was the only school I've ever talked to or visited. Oh and God. that moment when they offered me, it was just like, I looked at my parents and like, they just started crying like I was crying because like my dreams were coming true so so how long did you actually wait until you called the coaches back and said that you committed like an hour later you're back on the phone with them two days I waited till Sunday they offered me on a Friday and I was like hey um I'm gonna commit <laughs> well, at least you gave it two days to think about it That's yeah a- my parents were like hold on don't don't do it yet let's make sure and I'm like I'm sure like 
I don't need to wait any longer. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I wanted to ask you about your floor routine. It's one of my favorites from this whole season. And a lot of people feel that way too. It's so much fun to watch. Thank you. And Alina Cartwright, she's the assistant coach, the volunteer assistant coach. And she does a phenomenal job with everyone's routines this season. But I wanted to ask, I guess, just about that process, the, you know, choreographing the routine and coming up with the idea. How much input did you have into that? Just kind of talk about that process a little bit. So the routine is drag queen inspired. So that's like kind of like a little bit of an idea of where we got like some of the moves and the music. It was, she's very, she's an amazing choreographer and she's very like open-minded to your ideas. Like if something we were trying, like wasn't working with like the way my mind was like reading it, she'd be like, okay, let's try this way. Or let's try switching this around. Like she's a very easy person to work with, which made the floor routine very easy to learn. And then just, you know, going with her flow and just taking it one step at a time. Like it was very easy to learn with her. And you're such a performer too. Is that something that comes naturally to you? Do you have to like push yourself to be able to perform? I would say it's very natural. I'm my floor. Like some people think it's like, oh, I'm, I hear a lot of announcers say like, or she really turns into a character and puts on a show, but I'm like, I'm actually like that in real life. Like, this is I'm, <laughs> like my personality is in my floor routine. So I think that's just a way to show to people that I don't normally get to like talk to or see, like, I'm actually like that too. So yeah. at what point, I mean, I know the season just kind of ended, but at what point do you start working on your floor routine for next year? Is that something you do over the summer or? Um, yeah, something we like start putting ideas together over the summer and like we were actually talking about like, oh, what what should we do this year? Like, oh, let's start looking at music and like fun skills to put in. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like if I was a gymnast, I would always be like in the car listening to floor music, like always just thinking of like what the next idea is going to be. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. we're excited to see what you come up with next. Cause Yeah, your, your routine this year was one of our favorites of all time. Thank you. Yeah. So we have some fun, really random questions that we usually like to finish up with. So the first one is, what is one item that you can't travel without? Oh, I would say definitely CarMax. I carry CarMax on me 24-7. I've always got one in my pocket, purse. Um, If I'm wearing a jacket, it's in my jacket pocket too, like, I have like three on me at all times. I feel so dumb. What is that? It's chapstick. Chapstick. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> clearly I don't use chapstick. <laughs> okay. What is something, it can be big or small. It can be whatever you want it to be. Something that you're really bad at. Math. I'm really bad at math. Um, it just doesn't click for me. I don't know. I've never been a fan of math. That's really um, I'm really bad at anything that involves a ball too, like sports wise, like I cannot catch anything you throw at me. Hand-eye coordination is not my thing at all. And it's funny because my sister, like me and my sister are opposite, but we're the same. Like our personalities are the same, but she does ice hockey. So like we do completely different sports. So, (laughs) What is the first concert that you ever went to? Carrie Underwood when I was 13. I don't even know what mine was. I think mine was John Mayer. 
I think mine was Chris Isaac, but that was not my choice. Mom made me go with her. <laughs> like, I don't want to be here. It's one of her favorite people. I just was along for the ride. <laughs> what about the worst purchase you've ever made? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like it was probably some clothing item that like I thought looked good in the store. And then I brought it back home and I was like, why did I buy this? I was ugh. <laughs> I have a good one for this. Um, so I always DoorDash food, like I DoorDash everything. I've DoorDash from a restaurant that's right across the street from our apartment, which is really dumb. The ultimate lazy. And this one's even worse. I've DoorDash something and then it went to the store that was right next to the restaurant. And, and I didn't like, I didn't get my food. I DoorDash and then while I was waiting for my food, it went to the store that was next door. That is so dumb. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I think I have you beat. <laughs> what about you? Do you have one? Um, I don't know. I, I would say maybe there was one time it was super, super hot and we wanted to go swimming, but we didn't have a pool. So we bought this like really tiny inflatable pool. I remember that. And we couldn't even like all fit into it. It was just kind of like a put your in it type thing. It was really stupid. You know, like, why? I've done that before. <laughs> like this desperate for cold water. <laughs> yes. And then last one. One thing that you're looking forward to doing this summer. What's your plans? I'm looking forward to my family vacation. We are going to Cabo this year. Oh, and nice. I am so excited. I'm just excited to be with my family just because I haven't seen them a lot and hang out with my friends at home too. So yeah. When are you going to Cabo? Um, the end of June. Okay. So it's it's coming yeah. up. It'll come up pretty quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm really excited. We just want to say thanks again, Skyla, for taking the time to come join us on our show. And we honestly, we can't say it enough. We are just so, so excited about the future of MSC Gymnastics and also your future. I mean, you're already a superstar. I don't want to say that you're going to be a superstar because you already are. Right. And we're just such big fans. We're excited about what you and the team are doing. And it's going to be an exciting couple of years, I think. Yeah, Michigan State is going to be lit next year. <laughs> if you guys live in Michigan or around Michigan, you should definitely come to a Michigan State meet. Me and Ashley have always gone, but we're definitely going to keep going to more. And I think we need to get more gym internet involvement like we just need to rent like a party bus <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a, that's a little bit much who's, and pay, who's paying for the party bus we'll talk about that later the office gym pod can like fund the, the party bus okay. we'll, we'll work out the details later but we need to get like all of the michigan or surrounding states gym internet and we just need to go to a Michigan State meet. Yeah. And maybe we can even do it on a weekend where there's Michigan State at home and Michigan at home and we can just kill two birds with one stone. As long as it's not at the same day, same time. Right. But like, <laughs> Which sometimes does happen. Sometimes. Just fingers crossed, maybe it'll work out and in a perfect world, we'd get to see both teams and it would just be amazing. An incredible day of gymnastics. Yeah, we're super excited about MSU. We've, I feel like all season long, we've just been like raving and just getting so excited. And I just have a good feeling about next year too. It feels like this is just the start for that team and they have an amazing class coming in next year so big things ahead absolutely we also want to take a moment to talk about the latest news with fifth year announcements and transfers it feels like that's all the gym internet is talking about on twitter well the last couple weeks has been so much going on so many changes it's kind of hard to keep track of almost mm -hmm. luckily we have people on the gym internet who keep track of these things but we want to just give you guys an updated list of people who are coming back confirmed for fifth year i know there's lots of rumors we're not going to address any of the rumors or anything like that. We just want to talk about what's been confirmed by the athletes. Because um, there's a lot of fifth years coming back, and we're really excited about it. So we have Rachel Deschus from Alaska. 
Kennedy Hambrick and Bailey Lovett from Arkansas. Sandra Elsadek, who is from Ball State. We don't know where she's transferring to. But we love the transparency. I think that's something that we don't see a whole lot in the sport of gymnastics. I feel like it's kind of, it's always so secretive. Like you don't yeah. know who's going where or anything Which about it. Which I understand. It. Totally respects, you know, gymnasts wanting to keep their plans private. And I think there's reasons that are valid for why a lot of gymnasts do keep things private. Right, for sure. But I, I just think it's great that Sandra is just being so public with it. Like she's not afraid to tell people where she's looking. And she's been posting on her Instagram story whenever she visits a campus. So we kind of have a, a little bit of insight into where she's thinking of going. It looks like she's looking into the Big Ten. We've seen her at Nebraska. I think I saw Penn State on there and then I think also Iowa State I saw as well I can't remember exactly because it's on her Instagram story so it goes away after 24 hours but <laughs> right. um, she's looking to transfer from the MAC conference into hopefully a conference that's a little bit bigger a little bit more competitive and it'll be nice to see how she can contribute there because she's she's really good she's done all around before but I'd say four is her standout event I really do think she can contribute to one of these quote-unquote bigger teams right. so Looking forward to seeing where she actually lands. There's also Lauren Volpe, who's also from Ball State, taking a fifth year. We have Caitlin Goldstrom from Bully Green, also from the MAC Conference. We got a lot of MAC girls. <laughs> from Bridgeport, we have Nicole Javinette, Alexis Richardson, and Jordan Steele, which Alexis is actually a sixth year. Just a little fun fact. <laughs> yes, and that does happen with the extra COVID year. Sometimes when athletes have injuries, obviously they have like that redshirt year. So it's becoming more and more common where we're seeing sixth years, even seventh years yeah. sometimes. Like Maggie, Maggie could have had a seventh year. That's so <laughs> wild. We also have Deja Shambliss from George Washington, Rachel Borden and Mallory Mizuki from Illinois, Natalie Horowitz from Iowa State, Cami Klein, Kent State, this one is a juicy one. We have Josie Angeny transferring from Kentucky to Georgia. The list of things I did not see coming, that's on the top. <laughs> Which, I guess, I didn't know this, but apparently Georgia was like her dream school as a kid. Which is so cool. I'm pretty sure, actually, it's her Twitter name. Like, it's in her handle. It's like Josie Jim Dog or something. It's her Twitter handle. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, and in her, her little post about transferring, she said something about making Josie Jim Dog proud. <laughs> Oh my god, I didn't even catch on to that. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, I was definitely not expecting it, but I mean, I think it's good news for Georgia because I think they're going to need a lot of help. Yeah, <laughs> that's a huge catch for Georgia. And honestly, she's following her heart. I think that's I mean, what's all that matters. And Georgia's a great school academically. It's it is yeah. a school with a lot of history and there's a lot of great things about Georgia that I would understand why somebody would want to transfer there. It's not always just about gymnastics and how right. the gymnastics team is doing. Right. The gymnastics team has done greater things in the past, but um, hopefully... You know, Josie will be able to help kind of get them back on track. And I'm not trying to put all the pressure on one athlete. When I said that, I thought, I'm like, wow, and that sounds like I'm trying to put all Although, the pressure yeah, on Yeah, one her. athlete can't single-handedly change anything about a program, but she can definitely help. She's amazing. Yeah, she was a star for Kentucky, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy for her. You know, it's her, if it's her dream, I'm excited to see her live out her dream and uh, excited to see what she can do there. And hopefully, uh, gymnastics-wise, it's going to be a better season for Georgia next year and beyond. Perhaps the one that we are most excited about, Natalie Wojcik. Oh, so happy. I want to scream from the rooftops. And this one we we kind of knew was coming. We had to kind of keep our lips sealed. But 
excited to have it officially confirmed. Right. That's the greatest thing about this time of year is now we can just talk about it. It feels like all season long you hear rumors or you hear certain things and you're like, you can't talk about it. But then now it's like, we can just shout from the rooftops that Natalie Boychuk is coming back for a fifth year. Yes, now we can talk freely about our lineup predictions for next season. <laughs> we can include Natalie in it and it's not a secret. <laughs> I'm mostly just happy to see that she's not going to go out the way they went out at Nationals. Like, yeah, that was definitely not the way that they wanted to go out as a senior class after everything they've done and all the history that they've made. I think that would be an absolutely heartbreaking way to end your career. So today I am feeling super grateful that we are being blessed with another year of Natalie Wojcik's gymnastics. Also coming back, we have Hannah McCreary and Alyssa Sheramenta from Mizzou. Meredith Robinson from NC State, Claire Gagliardi from Ohio State, which she's a really fun one. If you guys haven't seen her floor routine, you need to go check it out. Honestly, any of her floor routines, there's not just one single floor routine. They're all great. She's a performer. It's a lot of fun. Go check it out. But we get another year of Claire. We have Allie Stern and Olivia Troutman from Oklahoma. That'll be really interesting because I think Oklahoma obviously was amazing last year and to get both of those athletes back is absolutely huge for them. And then, you know, not even considering who they have coming in next year. They have some amazing talent coming in. It's going to be another really good year for Oklahoma. I'm surprised. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm surprised Olivia Troutman is coming back because she's just dealt with so many injuries in her career. Yeah. I mean, and it, someone posted this on Twitter, and I don't remember who it was, but they basically, Olivia Troutman, they keep her like in the freezer and they start to thaw her out for the postseason <laughs> and she comes out and just kills it's it. It's so true, though. That's literally what happens. I feel. Like, she doesn't compete all year round and then we get to postseason and she comes out and she's amazing. Yeah, she's done that her whole career. She doesn't need to ease in. She can just go any day of the week and just stick a one and a half on ball and we didn't see her on floor this past season so curious to see what she'll be doing next year you know what events she'll be able to contribute but either way it's a win for Oklahoma absolutely and you know if she's deciding to come back her body must be feeling good so that's a good thing for her that's a good thing for Oklahoma and of course we're excited to see another year of her we have Amber Cooth from Sacramento State from Southern Utah, we have quite a few. Mason Bentley, Caitlin Coe, Carly McLean, Shailene Murakami, and Rachel Smith. From Stanford, we have Maddie Brunei, Juliana Rowland from Temple, Winter Osborne from Springfield, Crystal Isa from Utah. Another huge one. Super excited about that one. Carly Bales from Utah State. And then from Washington, Brenna Brooks and Amara Cunningham. And like we said, there's definitely more that I think we will be hearing about in the next couple of weeks. Honestly, possibly by the time this episode comes out, I would even expect that day to have more announcements. This is something that's still very much developing, but we only wanted to touch on the ones that we knew for sure were official um, and not add to any of the speculation <laughs> or anything like that. But um, something that I think is really interesting that we're seeing now, and I think we're also going to continue to see in next season as well, is a lot of athletes transferring for that fifth year. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with scholarship eligibility. And that's something that, you know, you don't always think about when you're watching all season long and you're thinking, you know, I want this person to come back. I want this person to come back. You just want everyone to come back. But it's not just a matter of, does the coach want them to come back? Or does the gymnast want to come back? Cool, let's make it happen. Like, it's not always that easy. Yeah. Like, the coach could want an athlete to come back and the gymnast could absolutely want to come back. 
But, but there may not be a scholarship for that. Yeah, there's more to it than just saying yes. And that's because of COVID, obviously. And that's something that the coaches didn't expect when they were recruiting this incoming 2023 class. Because obviously, who would have predicted the pandemic and getting this extra year of eligibility right. and all of that? Like, right. nobody, <laughs> nobody knew that was going to happen. So, you know, when these coaches are going out and recruiting for this incoming freshman class... They weren't expecting that all of their seniors could come back if they wanted to. Right. So there may or may not be spots on certain teams. A lot of the top teams, actually. Yeah. Some schools have maybe one or two scholarships. Some have absolutely none at all. Yep. It really just kind of depends. And so I think that's one of the reasons. Um, I also think that, you know, obviously they have to go to grad school. You have to be in school to take that fifth year. So unless you have some of your undergrad work that still needs to be done, a lot of these athletes are going on to grad school while they're competing in their fifth year. So maybe they want a new experience. You know, I think that there's something to be said about going to a different state, going to a different school, um, a different academic program. I was just going to say, even academically, finding a place that is maybe where you did your undergrad. Maybe the program isn't as strong as another school's program Absolutely. in that specific field. So that's something that a lot of these girls are considering because, yes, they have one more year of gymnastics, but they have a whole life ahead of them mm-hmm. with a career. And, you know, they want, to set, they want to set themselves up as best as they can. Yep. And one of the ways to do that is finding a program that is really top-notch and is going to kind of help set you up for a future job. Yeah. And another thing, too, is NIL. This is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And we've talked to some athletes, and they've kind of echoed the sentiment to us as well. You know, I think that with NIL and the opportunity to make money, a lot of athletes really want to get themselves out there in the biggest way they possibly can. And I think depending on what conference you're in, whether it's you know the MAC conference, the honestly the Big Ten conference, there's not always the best marketing. coverage, marketing, promotion of yourself. The way that the SEC does things, I personally think every conference should be looking at what they're doing and think, how can we make this happen? And I know the SEC is a, a big conference with lots of money and more opportunities that may come from that, but I also feel like there is something that all of these other conferences can take away from it as well, even just in regards to how they promote their athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, obviously, like the SEC has better TV coverage. You see the SEC teams on your TV every Friday night, and you see interviews as part of that coverage. You get to actually hear the athletes and yeah. see things that they're doing. You get to know, you feel like you get to know them a little bit more through these pieces that they do on the broadcast again every single week i think stuff is promoted better in the sec conference which means it circulates better which ultimately leads to more opportunities so something that i'm really interested to see going forward like i said not only this season but next season as well how many people are going to be transferring into a school in the SEC conference just to open up more opportunities for them, whether it's a, a career in coaching at the collegiate level, whether it's, you know, a brand deal. There's just so many ways to make money and to set yourself up for your future simply off of your name, image, and likeness. And I yeah. think that promotion does have a lot to do. We know that because, like we said, a lot of athletes that we've talked to about, you know, why they chose the school that they did or why they're wanting to transfer to a new school or, you know, whatever it may be and that is something that is mentioned and I think that a lot of people don't always like 
think about as not like, a, is one of the reasons. Yeah, but a lot of athletes really want that. And if they can't necessarily get it from the get-go when they're recruited, you know, if they can have a, a career where they've established themselves and they, now they can transfer and they have the opportunity to maybe go to an SEC school where maybe they didn't from the start, um, I think that they're going to take advantage of that. And we're probably going to be seeing a lot of people taking advantage of that. So that was kind of our thoughts on fifth years and transferring when you're a fifth year. But there's also some transfers that aren't fifth years that are kind of interesting. For example, Victoria Wynn, she's going to be a junior next season. She announced on her social media that she is going to be transferring to a different school. We don't know what that school is just yet. And of course, she's from Georgia. So she spent two years at Georgia and is going to be looking to take her talents elsewhere, which will be really interesting to see where she ends up. She's an incredibly talented athlete. I think that her bars and her beam can contribute in some of the best lineups in the country. So curious to see where she finds herself. We also have Victoria Gatzendorfer from Missouri. She's going to be a sophomore next year. We also have Sophia McLean from BYU. She is going to be a junior. We have Krista. I don't know how to pronounce her last name, so I apologize. I think it's Zoltwich. Zoltwich? Zoltwich? She is going to be a junior next season, um, transferring from Kentucky. And then we have two transfers that we know for sure where they're going to end up. It's Hannah Berry transferring from Temple to Bridgeport for her senior year. And then we have Taylor Schultz from Brown to North Carolina for her sophomore year. Another really big piece of news this week was the announcement of the Clemson head coach position, which is something that a lot of people were really anticipating. And we now know it's going to be Amy Smith, who is the former now head coach of the Utah State Gymnastics team, just coached them this past season. And a lot of people are upset about the decision, understandably so. A number of former athletes have spoken out this past week and have talked about how they are made to feel under coach Amy Smith and a lot of the unhealthy experiences that they had. Yeah, emotional abuse, things along those lines. Very similar to what we've heard from a lot of the top coaches within the elite world and the college world. Yes, yep, it mimics a lot of those situations as well. And at Utah State, she had an alarming number of transfers. Yeah, there was like, I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but there was like a 20-something within a two-year span, which is, I want to say, unheard of. Like, yeah. you you never hear of that many people wanting to leave a program and get away that badly. It's a very high number. And it's highly concerning. Yeah, so I, I hope that that is something that Clemson is not going to try and sweep under the rug. I want them to address it. I want Amy Smith to address this. I think acknowledging the problem is obviously the best place to start. Recognizing all those athletes who bravely spoke out and shared their experiences, I think that's necessary to move on and to move forward. Yeah, because I think people, they want to know what's going to change. And they want to hear Amy Smith acknowledge that what she did was wrong. And we want to be, you know, assured that things are going to be different. We right. don't want to start a new program and be all excited about it and have gymnasts committing there or transferring there and then having, you know, really bad life-changing almost experiences mm -hmm. um, because Clemson didn't thoroughly investigate who they were hiring as a head coach. I think it's important to, at the very least, whatever they decide to do, the situation needs to be acknowledged. Absolutely. It cannot be swept under the rug. You can't just pretend like all of those athletes didn't have those experiences. They weren't brave enough to share them online. Like that's They're really putting themselves out there by doing that. So I think acknowledgement of what their experience was is, I think, the most obvious place to start. But there's also still a lot of work that needs to be done. And a lot of things that I think moving forward, almost like preventative measures. Like I don't know why... 
and maybe maybe I'm just not aware of what the process is when they hire you know coaches for these positions but I feel like when you were a head coach or an assistant coach at another school I personally feel like to interview some of those previous athletes either current athletes or past athletes to see what their experience was I think would be a good indication of you know the kind of coach that they are right what type of relationship they have with their athletes was it a healthy experience for their athletes um I, I'm not again I'm not sure if that was something that was done but it doesn't sound like it yeah I mean they had 20 some transfers to choose from and that's just the transfers that's not even counting girls that are still currently on the Utah State team or people that stayed all four years but passed gymnast. I mean, there's so many people that they could have talked to, to, you know, kind of figure out if this was the best route to go. And I think at this rate, the least they can do is just acknowledge the situation and address it and how they're going to change things going forward to ensure that, you know, it is a safe and healthy environment for athletes to be in. That does it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week with another interview. You may have already seen it. We hinted on social media. It is Iowa State senior Addie DeJesus. And we're super excited to talk to her. If you're a gold or silver level Patreon supporter, you still have time to send in questions. So make sure you do that. You can do it right in the Patreon app. Or you can just email us, message us on social media. Honestly, however it's easiest for you. But there's still time to get in your questions so do that if you haven't already and you have a question for miss Addie Jesus and we are super super excited for that episode so until then we hope you guys have a great week and we'll talk to you soon bye, bye.